Hello everyone, my name is Lou and welcome to my podcast, Anatomy Follows Physiology. We started with the muscles, um, identifying the different muscles and their actions. Um, we, In the last podcast, we covered the axial muscles and in today's podcast, we're going to cover the appendicular muscles. Um, so it, in the previous podcast, I gave some tips and hints on how to sort of look at a muscle and figure out what it could be or look at the muscle name and to kind of help figure out what action it might be. And there's one big tip. Most of the muscles on the body, um, except for the thigh muscles, um, are going, except for the leg muscles, essentially, are going to um, flex if they're located anteriorly or on the anterior front body. Um, and then they might extend, more likely they will extend if they're located on the posterior part of the body or the, you know, the back of the body. And sometimes the name of the uh, muscle will kind of help give it um, some sort of hint as to what it is. For example, many terms refer to muscle size. Long muscles are called longus or lingismus. Um, short muscles are called brevis. Uh, big muscles might be called magnus or major or maximus. Um, and smaller muscles are called minor or minimus. So definitely looking in that, into the name and figuring out, okay, maybe the name is giving me an idea of where it might be located, how big it might be. For example, some muscles might hint at its origin. For example, the biceps brachii, um, it's named after its origin. Um, the biceps, there's two, um, you know, bellies of the, 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 the main bicep muscle and brachii, meaning that it's located on the arm because you do have a bicep in your leg. Actually, your thigh muscle is, has the hamstrings, which we're going to get into today. So let's get started with the appendicular muscles. First up, we have the rectus abdominis, um, and the rectus abdominis depresses the ribs compresses the abdomen, and flexes at the vertebral column. So one way to think about this is that the rectus abdominis is located in the middle of the body. It's, it's that, that classic iconic six-pack that you'll see on athletes. And if you think of a sit-up or a crunch, you know, to get that sit-up, I mean to get that six-pack, I'm sorry, um, you will compress your abs. You will flex your vertebral column. Um, your ribs will go down. So you're, you know, think of when you think of when you see the rectus abdominis, which most of us know is the six pack. Um, just think of the actions that occur during a setup. Next is the external obliques, uh, which compress the abdomen. Um, just FYI, all the muscles, all the major muscles of the abdominal wall serve to compress the abdomen. So that's another hint or tip. Some muscles will share the same actions, which if you remember the action of one muscle that's similar, then you'll remember the action of another. Fun tip. Um, so, like for example, the one of the many actions of all the abdominal muscles is that they serve to compress the abdomen. Um, the internal obliques um, are kind of located deep to the um, external oblique. And they help to compress the abdomen and rotate and laterally flex at the vertebral column. So, again, we all know that they 
compressed the abdomen. We know that that's what they all do. But when you want to work on your obliques, you might end up doing some side push-ups or V push-ups. And those are working the sides of your, um, your, abdo your abdomen. So that's targeting your obliques. So just think of those V push-ups when you want to remember that it also rotates and laterally flexes at the vertebral column. Next up, we have the transversus abdominis. It's the deep most uh, major abdominal muscle tissue. You'll see that it covers a major area deep in underneath um, the layers of the abdominal muscles, which are layered underneath each other, um, transversus abdominis being the deepest one. So um, it only has that one option to compress the abdomen. That's really the main thing you have to remember about that. Next up, we're going to talk about the muscles of the chest, back, and posterior neck, starting with the pectoralis major. Um, most of us know what our pecs are. Um, if you've ever seen bodybuilders or athletes, you know, they'll tense up their chest muscles, their pecs as they refer to them, and that's actually the big one in the chest um, that's inferior to the smaller one is called the pectoralis major, and it's also more superficial to the pectoralis minor. Um, and they both do different things. Um, so the pectoralis major flexes, abducts, and medially rotates at shoulder. One way to think about this is um, to kind of, I know it might be silly, but if you clap your arms out like a, like a, like a penguin, you're gonna be flexing, adducting, and medially rotating at the shoulder. So the pectoralis major flexes, adducts, and medially rotates at shoulder. Next is the pectoralis minor, which has a very similar function to the serratus anterior, which we'll be covering next. The pectoralis minor is located just um, superiorly to the pectoralis major. It's also smaller, um, and it serves to elevate the rib. Uh, it elevates the ribs, protracts the shoulder, and rotates the scapula downward. One way to remember this is that it's kind of connected to the ribs and it's also connected to the shoulder and the scapula. It's kind of in the middle of that whole area. So just think of the ribs, shoulder, and scapula. It's kind of sandwiched in between all of those and then it does its all its different stuff. It's elevating those ribs, bringing them up. It's protracting that shoulder and it's rotating the scapula downward. Um, next up we have the serratus anterior. It's uh, serratus sounds like serrated and it kind of does look like that. If you see a picture, it kind of looks very serrated and jagged um, as it sits on the ribs. And it's, again, functions very similar to the pectoralis minor. It elevates the ribs, protracts the shoulder. Um, the only difference is that it rotates the scapula upward instead of downward. So the serratus anterior rotates upward, um, the pec minor rotates scapula downward. Next we have the intercostals, external and internal. Um, the external is more superficial to the um, internal. And these intercostals are sort of the muscles in between their ribs or bones. And the external serve to elevate the ribs. So one way to remember that is that it's on the ribs, so they're both going to be doing something to the ribs. <laughs> they're going to be bringing them up or down, elevating or depressing the ribs. So one way to remember this is that external 
starts with an E, just like elevate. So E for external, which is E for elevate ribs. That's what the external intercostals are going to do. They're going to elevate the ribs. Internal is the opposite. It's going to depress the ribs, bring them down. Um, next up, we have the diaphragm. It's kind of shaped like a parachute, um, kind of at the bottom of your rib cage. And it functions to expand and compress. Um, so think about where it's located and what it also does. It kind of separates your chest cavity from your stomach cavity. I'm being simple with my terms here, but um, when you are getting nervous and you don't remember what diaphragm is, just remember to take a deep breath. And as you inhale, you notice that your chest expands. It's going to expand the thoracic cavity. And as you exhale, it's going to compress. And it's going to compress on what it separates, which is the abdominal pelvic cavity. So it's going to, it separates the thoracic cavity from the abdominal pelvic cavity. And it expands the first and compresses the second. So just when you think diaphragm, take a deep breath and you'll remember which uh, is which. Next is the trapezius muscle. Um, it's located on the upper back. It's a big, giant, di diamond-starred-shaped uh, muscle. Um, so if, if you like diamonds, you will definitely like the trapezius. Um, and it has a very similar function to the... I'm sorry, it does not have a similar function to anything. <laughs> um, but what it does is that it elevates, adducts, and depresses the scapula. So you might get this confused with the shoulder, but um, remember that it, it doesn't go past the deltoids, so it's dealing with the scapula. And the scapula bone is kind of like a sling. It's this free-floating uh, bone almost, if you would think that it wasn't connected to any of the muscles. But that's kind of what holds it into place, is all the muscles that connect to it. So the scapula is such a major and critical bone in our posterior back. Um, and so... When you think trapezius and that diamond, think that scapula holding it into place. Um, it's elevating, adducting, and depressing the scapula. And of course, it goes up the neck because it's a big muscle. It's a big, beautiful diamond. Who doesn't want a big, beautiful diamond? And that's going to help extend your neck. Because when you look at that big diamond, you're going to go, oh my gosh, and look up to the sky and be like, wow, thank you, God, for this beautiful diamond. <laughs> that's your trapezius muscle. Next up, we have the splenius capitis. Um, it sort of forms this V shape um, on your neck, on the back of your neck. And together, they both extend at the neck. Um, one alone rotates and laterally flexes at neck. Um, so the way I remember this um, for the extending of the neck and laterally flexing at the neck is if somebody were to get decapitated. That's what the name sort of reminds me of, splenius capitis. Um, capitus sounds like decapitated, and when you were going to get decapitated back in the day, you would put your head in um, a guillotine, and you would do so, in order to do that, you would have to extend your neck, um, put it out. Um, as you were on your knees, you'd extend your neck, kind of. And then if you might, you might have also turned your neck a little bit. So you didn't have to look at the floor. Maybe you were looking at somebody you were going to say goodbye to. Who knows? I know it's a little morbid, but it's a one way to help you remember splenius capitis. Is that you're extending at the neck and one alone rotates and laterally flexes at the neck. 
Um, next up, we have the Levator Scapulae. And this one's really simple. It has one action to elevate the scapula. So just think elevator for the scapula. It's bringing it up. It's elevating the scapula. And my fine little tip to remember this is that it sounds like, um, it kind of reminds me of Levator sounds like Leviosa from Harry Potter. So if there's any Harry Potter fans out here, say hello. Thank you for being a Harry Potter fan. So you might appreciate this. Um, the Levator sounds like Leviosa. And if you're, a Lev if you're doing a Leviosa on something, it's going up. It's elevating. So you're leviosaing the scapula, and that's going to help elevate the scapula. Next up, we have the rhomboid major and rhomboid minor. Um, these are two muscles that look very similar, but the rhomboid minor is on top, or it's um, superior to the rhomboid major, and it's smaller, hence the word minor. Um, and they both do the same exact thing since they're um, sandwiched in between the vertebral column and the scapula almost directly. They adduct the scapula. So that's another fun tip um, is that whatever is sort of me more medial, it's going to adduct. And whatever's more lateral is going to abduct, abduct. Um, next up, we have the muscles of the back and shoulders. So we're going to cover that in the next podcast. Thank you so much for listening.